Welcome to day four of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. And uh, Liz, check this out. Let's get Juan with it. Oh, I don't like that at all. Would you like if I did things like that a little a, a, a lessy? Horrible. A little lessy that I'm doing now. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. You know what was stuck in my head today was Ghislaine Maxwell trial, day of the Solidado. Solidado? Isn't that what it is? It's like you've never even seen I Sicario literally have 2, never day of seen. the Sol- I haven't either, but I've had a lot of days of the Soldado. Oh, Soldado. Soldado. I don't know. Yeah. Actually, that is what I said, but I just said it in the weirdless way. It me- It means bodybuilder in Spanish. Really? Yeah. No. I mean, oh. soldier. <laughs> uh, does it? I felt like it was Ejerito or whatever. I don't know. Why, but Ejerito? What the fuck? Hello. Hello. I'm Liz. My name is Brace. Uh, and we are joined, of course, by our Spanish-speaking producer, Young Chomsky. And uh, the podcast is called True Anon. True Anon. Hello. We just got done, like I said, with Ghislaine Maxwell trial day four. We got out. This is we're we're doing it quick. We've only, oh my only been God. out for half an hour. Alice and Nathan let us go fifteen minutes early. I oh yeah, true. Actually, we have been out for a little longer because yeah, we you know to- we're becoming a real tight knit crew in there. I got to say, I did have a little vision. Don't get mad at me, but I had a little vision of us like maybe pulling together and doing a secret Santa. Okay. Wow. You know, ninety nine percent of the people are. Look, Jewish. it's not about that. It's just for it's for cheer and for spreading holiday joy, $4. which is universal. Four dollars. Also, limit. maybe I will be bringing Christmas cookies in a couple weeks. Ooh, I will. I you better. You know, you know who would like those Christmas cookies? What our friends, the U.S. Marshals? They would. Yes. I am. I got to say, charming the pants off them. Oh, well, I am becoming. Uh, let's not their let's start favorite. another case here. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I would that 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 there was a that marshal we were talking to earlier. Before we begin, too, I want to say a couple things about we, we, we were talking about a guy about re- representing yourself. Oh, this is so great! But me and me and uh, me and this guy Jacob were standing outside the hallway earlier today, and uh, a guy comes up to us with a ponytail and a thick New York accent. It's like, where's the? I can't, I'm not even gonna try to do the accent. He's like, where's the pro se office? Uh-huh. And I mean, I but like thick New York accent. Thick. Yeah. Okay. He's like, where's the pro se office? And I had to tell all black. Now, to be clear, he's pro se means uh, when you uh, represent yourself, not mm. the protasia. Protasia. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pro-sexual assault, <laughs> yes. you mean? Uh, yeah, no, he was, he was looking for the office in which to represent himself, which actually was just down the hall the opposite direction, I found out later. Yeah. Uh, and but we kind of soy-faced because we were like... It's like, bro, you're representing yourself in federal court. I'm like, that's honestly respect. Fucking much respect. Yeah, for, doing that. for sure. Uh, but uh, but we talked to that marshal later. And we were like, yeah, you he ever- was cool. He said that more people do it than you'd think, but he'd only seen it work once. Which and I, and I was like, whoa, you've seen it work once. Like, when did it? Like, what happened? And he goes, oh, it was a case against the landlord. And we all kind of had this moment of like, yeah. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah. You should win against landlords. And the guy, the marshal was like, hell yeah. And it was really cute. Um, he also had a very thick New York accent. All of the accents of the U.S. Marshals I find very charming. Yeah, me too. I was intimidated at first, but then I hooked up with one and I've oh just been God. fucking getting the insane Before treatment. we get to a little run through of uh-huh. the day's activities, I want to, I saw that someone in the, in the, the old Patreon comments that I don't look at, but mm-hmm. let's assume for... She had a hypothetical reasons that I did. That someone was asking for a little bit of a Ghislaine update in terms of outfitting. Now, perfect day to do that. We're going to start from top to bottom, head to toe, which can't we can't see. So really, we're just going from head to the bottom of the sweater. Mm -hmm. Now, Ghislaine has, like we've mentioned, she got a haircut. Yes, right. Yeah, she cut her own hair. I think. Yeah, I think that's her only option. Yeah. Um, All girls commissary try scissors. Oof. Yeah. Uh, no. So she's got kind of a, what we'd call a mid 2010s lob mm-hmm. that has today, and this is to my lady listeners out there, kind of an extreme side part, a la Emily Weiss, circa 20. 
13 when everyone was bleaching. She has not bleached. Yeah, they'll know. They'll know. Okay. And you know what? When you do, give me a shout out that you got it. Go on. What else was she wearing? She had a big chunky black turtleneck. The girl loves a chunky knit. Mm-hmm. Um, big black turtleneck. But so the effect of this with the extreme side part of the hair. Yes. And the chunky black sweater. Plus. Don't, don't forget the mask. The black mask. My girl looked like she was wearing a burqa today. It, it, Liz isn't just saying that. No, I literally, I wrote looks burqa-esque. Yes. Like I had just, I was, I was kind of up there talking to someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remarking about how it looked like a burqa. I walk all the way back over to Liz. She couldn't hear us. Walk all the way back over to Liz. I'm like, doesn't it kind of look like Elaine? Or Elaine? Galane's wearing a burqa. And Liz just points to her notebook where she just written, she's in a burqa. I know. We're simpatico. You know what? You know what we call that? What? Rapport. Well, my thing is, my thing is, I actually picked up on, I think she's actually, she, she might have the record for world's fastest jailhouse conversion to Islam. She's trying to, yeah, she's, she's going, she's getting in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I drew a picture of it, which is, it, it unfortunately just looks like the little, the, that like children's game among us. Um, it looks like one of those characters. Is. It's you'll, you'd recognize it if you saw, I drew this and I was like, what does this look like? I'm like, oh, it looks like mm. that. So video game. It's like a mobile game, I think. Well, or I no, it's a, it's like on the computer too. Um, but, uh, it's a very popular. So the day started off with some real boring shit. There was a guy that was called to the stand. Um, let me pull up his name. Paul came. You wrote down his name? See? This is a guy. Look, here's the thing. Yeah. If I knew what was coming, I shouldn't have written down his name. But yeah. I didn't know, so you always write down the name. Yeah, I, I usually do. I actually did not. Well, Paul came and went because this was real boring. He was the professional children's school director of finance. Wah, wah. Well, he is one of a pair of witnesses, including one from last night, who was the, uh, I think, interlocking admissions uh, director uh, at one point during yeah, yesterday. Yeah, minor yeah, victim yeah. number one's uh, tenure there. And he was preceded by her ex-boyfriend, very handsome fella. Mm. Uh, and basically all of them were kind of put up there by the prosecution very briefly to essentially corroborate her story. Yeah, totally. Paul Kane was up there doing the same, and it was all based on basically, you know, financial records that they had of her application to the professionals' children's school and seeing if it had any mention of Jeffrey Epstein paying. It did, but via like a handwritten application that a child filled out or a child's mother or guardian filled out, um, but they didn't actually have any financial receipts. Yes, and the defense was like, so you don't, you couldn't find the financial records of Jeffrey Epstein actually paying. And the guy was like, no. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, they were like, well, who knows if he actually did it then? Yeah. Which, you know, they're doing their job, but it, I, I, again, probably not very, not as convincing as having a guy be like, yeah, he said he was going to pay for it. Yeah. And I wrote down here, Allison Nathan is sipping the tea, which yeah. she was. She was enjoying a nice hot cup of, Tea. Yeah, she was kind of she was act, she was acting a little out of pocket today. Yeah, she got a little snippy. Well, yeah. rightly so. Well, after that was, and I was actually really surprised by this because I, yeah. as as actually, I don't even know if I've said this on the show, but I've said this several times uh, to people in my life and at the courtroom that I'm dreading the sort of war of the the expert witnesses. You, this is you say this four times a day, fucking dude. Because did you see a preview of what happened today? Yeah. I found it interesting. For the what? The first? I mean, yeah. Okay. So let's, we can, we're, we're not really going to get into what she actually talked about today, but she was the, cause this is going to come up later in the trial more in depth, but uh, the defense or excuse me, the prosecution brought out Dr. Lisa Rocchio. Lisa Rocchio, which sounds to me, that's Rocchio sounds like a nineties board game that like, mid-30s swingers would play. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Not and like, firsthand. It would be like a, like, what was the one called? Like, Taboo? Do you remember that? No. And it had like a cut. Look, my man knows. I'm looking at him smiling. He's laughing. You guys run into each other at these parties? No, they would always be like, it's just so it's like a, different it's like a late 80s, early 90s, like adult board game vibe. Yeah. No, like, they tried to make like Pictionary for, they'd be like, oh, anyway, they'd be like, oh, it's a new game called Rokio. 
and it would have like a kind of like jazzy logo. Yeah, look at he's she's looking at him. You got to look at this is this is the one I'm looking where I'm getting some feedback here, and he's giggling, mm -hmm, giggling like a little girl. So that's what this key bowl that you have here is about. Understood. Um, so they had her up there and again, well, it, we, you know, like we talked about, I think even before, and actually I know even before we started covering the trial is that, or at least covering the trial in person is that, um, there is going to be a lot of talk about grooming Ugh, yeah. and, uh, and this was thankfully sort of we first... don't think they're, they're calling Vouch to the stand. No, they are not. Uh, but there is going to be a lot of sort of, and again, there is no legal definition of grooming. And so that is going to be a very contentious sort of topic because that is a pretty big centerpiece of what's going on here. We are going to do uh, much more on that when we actually get to, uh, Christ, I wrote grooming, insane looking. there. I label every page of notes I take, and sometimes during the day I I I start drawing them like punk band logos. Oh my God. And so it's, yeah. They, See, I go back through are, during breaks and highlight the points that I want to make on the podcast. I wrote with a guide. With my highlighters that I keep in my little pencil case. I wrote a guide to Julian in federal court. Um, yeah, I think you should post that. I will, but I'm afraid to post it now in case oh. the court sees it and catches, like I literally, I lay yeah, out every Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put here. a guide to Julian in redacted. Plus a couple, of, I could be real with you. Well, I'd still or put be it the in one Pig Latin. It. That'll fool him. I'll be, I'll Adults be real with you. Understand. A couple of young, a couple of young guns came up to me yesterday, mm. I guess, and uh, offered me a hit of their caffeine spray for their mouth. I don't like that. I, t I did it. it. Was it tasted disgusting? I don't it like that. Got me a little jazzed I don't like up. these like weird off-brand products they sell at bodegas. Yeah, I know. I've been buying this stuff from this guy near where I'm staying. Which is like it he's like it's energy stuff, but it's in this like little bag, and I have to use like a, this crazy stem to smoke it. It's insane all right, all right, all right, all right. uh but uh but they they had heard me on the show say that you know I've been well, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, but I maybe hit the jewel once or twice in a in a courthouse, and they asked me for a hit, of course, I gave it to them, but uh now I have covid and they have herpes simplex too, so oh there God. you go. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. I do not have that. I have three. <laughs> Cut that so part. to our main event, uh, a guy we, I know have talked about on the show before. And in fact, have read transcripts of prior to this with all of us, I believe playing a role. I, who was, I think I was a lessee when we did this. I know. I was just thinking because I said, Oh, young Chomsky was Pagliucci. Who oh, is oh, Ghislaine's okay. lawyer? Now I know what you're talking and Pagliucci, about. Pagliucci, that's also not how you say his name, which is why you're confused. Yeah. But Pagliucci, who is the one who was questioning. Yeah. Well, he was questioning some of the evidence in front of uh, Alessi today. He will probably, it looks like he's handling the cross of Alessi tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Well, he's tangoed with him before. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I have actually played the role of Alessi. And so it was. Interesting to see him in person. So, for those of you who do not know, who are not long-time listeners, my no. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I saw you showing your drawing to someone else before you showed it to me, which I thought was you were doing something. I get you veto were rustling. power. What if you? Well, I was not. I was doing very little rustling today. Plus, the marshal in the room was asleep for most of the day. So there was the cool marshal. Yeah, the old. Yeah, then we had a hawk later who was kind of standing over. Yeah, yeah. Room, There's but, the one who's like the little fascist. Yeah. I, well, he that's the, that's me. the boss. I really don't like. Yeah, that I don't guy. like him. Uh, unless you're listening to this, in which case I salute you and I and back the look blue. forward to some Christmas cookies. I guess you're blue. Um, but uh, Juan Alessi was sort of a nebulously titled employee of Jeffrey Epstein. Mm, yeah. uh, I would call him a, if we're doing that tier system from the other day, which I know there was some contention about. But All right. I feel like I really asserted myself in that tier C. Exactly. Yes. He was a tier C employee. This man was not Wait. invited. What? No. Yeah. Ghislaine is tier B. Ghislaine is tier A. The other... <laughs> oh my fucking God. In terms of employees under Epstein, Epstein does not count as an Epstein employee, by the way, to both if of you. If he's self-employed, he could be employee he, and owner. Oh my God. He was employed by the government of Israel. It's not self... Well, I guess technically. No, I... But no. So Epstein's employees, we have Ghislaine is the only person on A tier. 
And then we have like Sarah Kellen, Emmy oh, Taylor, I see. Okay, 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 okay. And then and so Vasovsky put like, in there too. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, and like Vasovsky was like C plus B B minus C plus say. plus. No, he was B minus. Um, Alessi firm C, and yeah, frankly, a hard C, like a, a low C. You know, to to now to I want to just do a little bit of a description of this man. Yeah, he's so gentle, very gentle. He is 72 years old, mm-hmm. Ecuadorian. Yes. Heavy accent. Mm-hmm. Um, rotund. Rotund, bespeckled. In like, in like a, a very like, you know how like um, most, uh, I don't know if this is, I'm going to try to say this as, you know how like Mexican dads look? Mm. Like that sort of like. You know, they're kind of just big. Yeah, yeah. He had that body. Yeah. Where it's like, it kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He's kind of just like around. He's like like a soft pyramid shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. He worked for Epstein from 1990 to 2002 at the El Brillo House in Palm Beach, Florida. Yes. And his job was, uh, well, it seems like he did a little bit of everything from maintenance to mm. um, house cleaning along with his wife. Uh, and so I think we read her transcript as well. Yeah. And uh, also chauffeur. Yeah. It seems like basically, so he was hired by Epstein, referred to through Leslie Wexner's mom. So that was a little unclear. He was doing maintenance on a bunch of houses for rich people and like, yes, like work in Florida. For, in Florida, exactly. And he made to mention of two people, someone named, I believe, I, I wrote this down, but Weissman. I'm going to have to wait for the transcript. No, My, no it was like Meisner. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. I have that too. Um, and, and referred by Mr. Wexner. I have that. I'm going to look that up after we do the episode oh, and figure out if I can figure out who that well, is. Well, don't quote us, which is yes. why we're saying it on a recording. But uh, also made mention too that he worked at uh, Leslie Wexner's mother's house. Yes. As well. So I, I was assumed he wouldn't just mention that without How, that that's having That's an old woman. Yeah. Yeah. She's 400 years old, actually. <laughs> But it's crazy. She came here on the Mayflower. <laughs> it was, it was actually, no, she came here on the land bridge from the Eurasian <laughs> land bridge. It was, uh, she said a very perilous track. That's why she had to make, she made a lot of way down to Florida too. Incredible. Oh um, but uh, yeah, met Jeffrey Epstein in the early nineties and then worked for him for, for quite a long time. Yeah. Epstein was doing major renovations on his house. So it seemed like at first he was actually like, my assumption is that, he had some contacts in construction. Yeah. And he got, because Epstein was doing renovations. You need a guy who knows people doing construction, blah, 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 handling the house, as opposed to like being a house manager butler man. Yeah. Which his role turns into in the later years. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He sort of described himself as a house manager, but like didn't really, it seems like he was literally managing the things that, some of the things in the house, but he was, Ghislaine was, at, like, as was made apparent, very clearly his boss. Well, yeah. So, like, I feel like Juan and Ghislaine need to kind of have it out a little bit because... Oh, yeah. Uh, people have different ideas about who was the house manager. Both are claiming the title. Yes. The other thing is that Juan, while it was, like, sort of like Ghislaine was his boss, it was also very clear that the prosecution, through you know, the questions they were asking Juan and the way that he was explaining how the house was run and where things were, the kind of layout of the Palm Beach mansion, is that, like, Ghislaine lived there. She had her own bathroom, though she slept in Epstein's bedroom, Mm -hmm. which we didn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it seems very clear that the prosecution was kind of pushing back on the idea that Ghislaine was simply an employee. Yes. But in fact was, you know... While she was directing and asking Juan to do things, though Mr. Epstein was as well, it was kind of out of a capacity of, like, in a capacity of living in the house. Yeah. And that seemed very central. Yeah, something I noticed, too, uh, along with that. I mean, I I picked up on that, too, because, you know, if you can remember from our our talking about Vasovsky, the pilot, is he was pretty much like, yeah, there seemed like there was something personal between them, but, like... She was his employee. Right, right, right. Whereas Juan is like, 
she's sleeping in his bed. Yeah. And the address book, the black book, which little foreshadow of my own right there. Uh, the black book said J-E plus G-M address book. Yes. That's how it was labeled in the evidence, although we did not actually see the cover right. itself. Yeah, he said that Ghislaine was with Epstein 95% of the time Epstein mm-hmm. was in the Palm Beach house, which is different from what we've heard in the past, for sure. Yeah. Um, he does not like Ghislaine. Very apparent. This was, I will say, by far the most openly hostile to Yeah, Ghislaine. he was like almost shaking when he was talking about her dog. He was when he when they Max. Yes. Oh my God! This man, call. I mean, he might as well be a police officer. He wanted to kill this dog so bad. He was incensed at this. Oh my! I God. think partially because the dog was treated much better than he was. A little terrier named Max, by the way. Yes, which is and he kept referring to the dog as Max, which I found very gentle, but and I, shows that he had a relationship with the dog. Okay. Liz is out of her mind. He kept referring to the dog as Max, yes, but he kept referring to the dog in a long list of other things, like of people's names, and then he'd be like, and Max. I think that was just his accent. No, no. He would, it was the pregnant pause. No one hates dogs like that. Well, you can hate specific dogs, and believe me, I think he's well within his rights. I think Max was a good dog. The Um, thing, the problem with Max mm -hmm. was his mom. Yeah, also being named Max as a dog, too. I think Max was a girl, also? I think Max was a girl, yeah. Yeah, and Max know. Maxwell? Don't love that. Yeah, I don't like that either. Um, but no, Maxine they, Maxwell, even, if it's a girl. So they, uh, they, they asked, they, we could, they kind of laid out a lot of, God, why am I using this again? Foreshadowing. Uh, in sort of the beginning of, of the questions they were asking him to where it's like, you could see where they were, like, they were, they were heading with a lot of it. Um from what Liz was saying right there, like proving basically that Epstein and Maxwell were like much more than employee and employer. My God, I took so many fucking notes on this guy. He talked for a really long time, but uh, to really like going through the house, we saw that a lot. They went through a big feature in this trial has been various employees of Jeffrey Epstein walking us in detail the layouts of his homes yeah and i think one of the best things that came out or not best but most interesting things that came out of that is actually when we got to juan's description of what in the past we've been told were massage rooms however they weren't necessarily dedicated massage rooms so it turns out that there were basically massage beds in almost every room yeah and the main one was actually epstein's bathroom yeah. Now, if that sounds weird, and I can... Now, I need to... Let me just play a little Juan Alessi for you, because this is not your typical bathroom. No. This was a quite large... Imagine it as, like, a large, like, bathroom, powder room, also closet off to the side, where you get dressed. A dressing room, perhaps. Yeah, 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 So you yeah. have a large dresser that he kept referring to, which is where you keep your clothes, and that's also kind of... Um, attached to what I assume is also your ensuite bathroom. Yeah, yeah, because it's yeah. attached to the to the master bedroom. Now, Ghislaine had her own bathroom, also attached to the master bedroom, on the opposite side of the house. Yes, right. Not as they said, it's not a Jack and Jill, which I say I love that term for a bathroom. I think that's so cute. Yeah, but it's not a Jack and Jill, but it's two bathrooms attached to one big master suite. Yeah, yeah, and. Liz, you say two bathrooms there, but that's not the only bathrooms in the house. Okay, this was so weird. Apparently the house had six bedrooms, and you're like, mm. damn, that's a lot of bedrooms, though it's really not when I break it down, and ten bathrooms, which well, that ratio seems very odd to me. I mean, the thing is, too, especially <laughs> when you keep in mind, is that they weren't all actually bedrooms either. Yeah, no, like three of them were offices. yeah. And so, I mean, I guess I think that's a big house. Not that big of a house in terms of like rich man big houses. Yeah, but it's like it's certainly not a manor. No, it's not a manor. I mean, did they have manors in Florida? I guess. Yeah, I mean, they do. yeah, they do. Seaside manors. Yeah, but it, you know, it's the guy. The guy, I guess, just like the piss. But also, I mean, we take out at least one of those bathrooms uh, as and be like, oh, this is your like dedicated pedophile room, right? Slash massage. 
room too, because he did mention that occasionally 2% of the time, actually, I believe he said, well, he said 98% of the time the masseuses were girls or women, Mm. which means two of the times they were probably large shirtless Cuban men um, (laughs) that would be coming up there. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was cooperative in many respects, um, except for the way that he spoke, which we could tell Maureen Comey, the prosecutor who was questioning him, did not love. Yeah, I mean, he's like that's the, he's like seventy year old, seventy two year old man, and everything is in like legal jargon, where it's also like, okay, you only have to, you can only answer like very narrowly what yes. I'm asking you, and oh, don't go ahead, and oh, please, we're referring to this girl who actually you know, but by the name Jane, so you can refer to her as Jane, and you know he's getting a little confused. Yeah. And she was being a little short with him, which I didn't appreciate. Me either, yeah. Well, a couple of other things I want to say about the bathrooms, because, again, these are where the massages occurred, and I think we should spend some time talking about them. He's discussed, he says that one of the rules was that there would be a bunch of perfumes and oils laid out on the top of the dresser. Yes, in, and, Epstein's, in Epstein's bathroom. Yes, in Epstein's bathroom. Now... He's he the, a big chunk of the last kind of portion of the day was spent going through the pages of a household manual mm. that was fifty eight pages. Yes, that Ghislaine had kind of put together as like the new rules of the house. Now, Mister Alessi had a lot to say about the changes that were made under Ghislaine's. Purview. Well, the thing is, if you got to keep this in mind, too, is that Alessi had been working for Epstein since 91 at this house, right? That's almost the length of time. No, he'd been working for him since 90. He met Ghislaine in 91. Yeah. So that means he's been working for, for Epstein longer than Ghislaine has lived in that house, much mm. longer. Yeah. Well, I mean, in relative terms. But like he's been there for a while, and she was kind of coming into his territory there. Yeah. And... He had mentioned this earlier in his testimony. I've it written down here is that he's like, you know, it changed during sort of the course of his tenure there. And that by the end, like he was basically instructed that like he couldn't even make eye contact with Epstein, only sp- speak to Epstein when he was asked questions. And the way that he phrased that made it pretty clear that that had not been the case before. Right, right. That these were all kind of formalized changes. Yes. Yeah. So there were some interesting little tidbits in this house manual yeah one that you really freaked out about yeah so okay this was the 58 page manual this is actually longer it's it's from a few years after i believe this is probably taken during the um the the police raid on epstein's home in fact i'm sure it was um and so this was a few years after uh juan had stopped working there and actually, they went through and like asked him to point out pages that he recognized that were yeah, in the it manual. Took, took a really long time. I uh, went and stretched my chevrolet legs a little bit. Um, but uh, he, you know, they, they they actually showed these on the screen. Um, although not all of them, only only really a few different pages and some hi- essentially highlighted text from those. But there was one, and everyone in the room, by the way, was crowded around. It was so funny because, so we're watching on these screens, and, like, the pages come up, and there's, you know, you can tell they're only going to highlight and show us some of it. And so everyone wants to see, like, what the rest of it is going to be that's not highlighted and shown to us. And so there was, like, a mad rush where you've got, like, literally all these, like, blue check reporters sitting on the ground, staring up at a TV screen. Like, it's, like, I don't know, fourth grade biology or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm sitting cross-legged there. Yeah, everyone was sitting cross-legged. Um, and But there was some there was some pretty interesting stuff there. So <laughs> I'm... Really cute. It was a, and he was, by the way, pissed. He called this de- t- really degrading. Oh, he was like, yeah. He was not us sitting there. He didn't see that. But uh, he no, was, the manual, the like, actual manual itself. I mean, yeah. this is like decades later, and he's still very upset about it. Yeah. And so he said, one was, uh, do like, he, one of the big things was, you know, you try to anticipate their needs, and, you know, that sort of thing. It was very like Butlerian, not yes. like Judith butler no no like the butler like the butler that sounds like a brace character the butler the but no i would never do that i know but the it does butler, sound like the gourmand is served by his butlers or the butlers 
the butlers of his count friends. The butler, the gourmand hangs out with so many dukes and counts. Never a, never a king. But he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like them. He feels like they're a little too hoity-toity. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's a, a much to, and look what they get into. Look at who Does their the friends gourmand are. Does the gourmand have a lady friend? Um, no. The gourmand, well, the gourmand is occasionally sitting in a uh, giant booth with women in the, in a, in a French brasserie. Oh, yes. With women also there. While he's wearing his turtleneck. Yes, yeah, but also a bib. Yes. But uh, for people who are just listening to this podcast, I'm like, what the fuck are these people talking about? <laughs> no, this um, is all I could see is Orson Welles But right now. the gourmand, like, the gourmand does sit there while the women enjoy themselves. Uh, sip maybe a little bit of sherry. The mm, gourmand cognac. loves cognac, sherry. It's oh, anything that comes in a velvet bag, which is his favorite thing to pet. Although not in the way that that poor man from the Steinbeck story did. He should have. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Quite frankly, he should have eaten that rabbit. They're succulent. Uh, anyways, one of the things on the list that was not highlighted to us, but which I saw, like my eyes were drawn Lasers. to it. Like, Laser. You know, yeah. Well, you know how you walk outside, you look up, and you you can't stop looking at the sun. This was exactly like that Didn't for think me. You were gonna. <laughs> That's uh, not where I thought you were going with that one. So every time that Epstein comes to the house. A, sur- a giant list of things need to be done, right? I mean, yes. every time he comes back from out of town. But it was also, yeah, and it was like segmented. It was like, okay, breakfast. Okay, yeah. I'm coming back from town. Okay, before night. Like, yeah. kind of like, and they compared it in this way to a five-star hotel. Yes, exactly. And so the idea is like it was run kind of, in, at least in Gillian's little handbook, that it was run with all these like, you know, get every, all of these things must be done and taken care of and made sure of. Yes, one of those things on the pre-arrival checklist was gun must be placed in bedside table drawer. Yeah. Now, listen, I think I'm qualified to speak on this because I have slept with a gun in a bedside table drawer for many years now. What are you doing taking it out? Well, no, uh, here's my thing. Okay. So Epstein may have taken it out. Yeah. Well, I think it's okay to take it out. If you're the guy who has the gun. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I don't think that it's that every time he comes back, you're replacing it in the drawer. It's more of a open the drawer, you know, check and see if the gun's there. Sort of like check and see, you know, you always see the, um, you know, Mormon Bible or whatever in a hotel room. It's like the same thing. It's yes. just make sure it's always there as opposed to now we, re- now we place it out because it's been taken out every time. Maybe, but something else sort of... Um struck me too when they were going through the i think this is a different page but it was also like making sure that the house was ready Mm -hmm. uh for when they came back is that uh photographs must be placed in galane's bathroom which what yeah that's weird that's weird so that makes me think i did so that makes me think that things are taken out and then put back yeah, or moved. Perhaps she had moved them and she wants them placed back in her bathroom upon arrival. Yeah, could be. Now, here's the thing that I want to point out that we aren't pointing out. Okay, well, that's, I feel like, implied by the first part of the sentence, but you know what? Say it from your chest, baby. I think the idea of Epstein holding a gun is so fucking Insanely crazy. Insanely funny to me. <laughs> he's not a gun wielder. No, he's a liberal. He's a Democrat. What does he do with a gun? Uh, well, I could see him in some sort of like, you know, rich guy, Idaho hunting oh, yeah, adventure. Double barreled shotgun. With Absolutely. The, I hate that. Just yeah. for the photos. Like, you know, shooting Cheney in the face or whatever. Yeah, yeah, style. yeah, 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 yeah. But like has a fucking handgun and is, or what, I don't know. What kind of gun do you think he had? Well, I mean, it's a bedside table. So unless it's, it's got, it's a handgun. Unless he has well, like a submachine gun. Well, it could be a huge gun. bedside table. It could be a huge bedside table. Probably a pretty big <laughs> it's a bed. shotgun. Um, but, uh, but no. I, diagonally in a drawer. <laughs> so I knew actually Epstein had a gun before this. Um, but I have never heard any mention of what kind of gun it is. I'm going to try to get in contact with Alessi and, and ask him. And mm. that and a few other things. Sure. Um, but uh, but no, I, I was sort of shocked at that as well. Because Epstein, like, you know, for all of his sort of dangerous um, associations, I'm not talking about his pedophile stuff, but, you know, for his, his contacts and the stuff sure. that he was, he was getting into and the stuff that Maxwell, I think, was getting him into, too, 
you know, some of this can be pretty dangerous, but it's not the kind of danger that you're really going to be able to solve by having a gun on the bedside table. Yeah. You know what I mean? That just strikes me as the like kind of rich guys, guy posture. Exactly. The kind of guys that he could piss off would be the kind of guys who uh, probably would take more than a, a single handgun to to protect you from. Um, but no, we're 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 trying to get the uh, the entire checklist. I mean, eventually it, it will, I guess, maybe be released. I'm not sure. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it, there was there was a, a one other thing that sort of struck me just in the way it was phrased, um, which was uh, hear nothing, say nothing, uh, see nothing. Yes, except to answer questions directed at you. Right, and he said that she was fostering an atmosphere where, uh, you know. I was supposed to be blind, deaf, and dumb. And he kind of like made a little smirk when he said that, looking straight exactly. at Elaine, which was very funny. Like he knew, he's like, eh, Yeah, gotcha, bitch. bitch. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was sort of, you know, I, it's, it's, the thing is with Alessi, and I think we probably talked about this almost two years ago by now, I feel like, uh, classic New York Hawks in the background, if you can hear a little local color. Uh, but, uh, the thing about Alessi is like, all right, you had to know something was going on. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know? Uh, and he, well, I mean, he says, he says he only saw two girls that looked underage. No, you brother. didn't. Brother. Brother. No, you didn't. Brother. Yeah. Like. You're I, a liar. Yes. Like, I, I just, that, there's no way. I mean, there's just no way that that's no. true. You know? I mean. Yeah. Granted, like Epstein started, you know, a lot of the stuff from Epstein's, uh, you know, at Florida arrest came from in the, a few years after Alessi was there. But it's like, I'm sorry, it, the, during the time that Virginia was there, I mean, he yeah. knew Virginia during the time that she was there, a lot of this stuff happened. And so you must have. Yeah, I want to say, like, there's this odd sort of specter of Virginia Roberts or Virginia Jeffrey, if, yeah. as you perhaps heard of her. In this case, she's not one of the victims no. named in this case. I mean, she's a victim of Jeffrey Epstein, but I mean, she's not one of the, um, you know, girls in the indictment. No. But she is referred to constantly. This is yes. maybe the third or fourth time we've heard reference to her from the prosecution. Yeah. And it's very weird because, I mean, at least for us, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but it's weird. It's odd because it's like, of course, I'm very familiar with her case and and everything that she's, um, you know, come out and said about what happened to her, what Epstein did to her. But it's like she's kind of this weird sort of like specter or this thing that's sort of just like kind hangs of over it, yeah, hanging, yeah, hanging over the case, but is it isn't there? But is there? It's like this very odd presence that I don't really know what to make of. Like as if we're all supposed to kind of know, like who this girl is and what her, you know, what happened to her, or that we're not supposed. I don't know. It's like I don't really know what to make of it and the way that she's being utilized by the prosecution. Well, I, I mean, I think in 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 one aspect, like you know, she had this pretty publicized civil suit against uh, against Ghislaine, right? Yes. Which yeah. is where, like, a lot of the stuff, like, I think that one Alessi testimony actually came from. Right. And so, I mean, I think there's a bunch of reasons they're not using her, which I, th- I don't know if that's what you're talking about. But I think, yeah, I, I think that, like, they're trying to establish in, in, in some ways that, like, this is someone that they can name, right? Like, she's public. You know, they don't have to file the documents under seal. Um, mm. You know, they, they can yeah. use her name openly. And also, you know, she had a, a much closer relationship to Epstein than a lot of the girls that that um, in this case, but also just in general did. You know, like she traveled with him much more. She's like a very high profile victim. Um, and so I would expect like, I don't know. I think there's just this certain amount of familiarity and documentation with her case, too. But like also, you know, Alessi knows who she is, right? Like she was around the house all the time. And so I think she's just easy to use in that regard because, like, well, this is another, like, identified young girl that is very publicly accused of seeing this stuff. But we know that. But the jury doesn't know that, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I think it's an odd way to kind of, like, they're sort of, like, half in, half out with her story. And it's a kind of very odd use that I don't... It's like they keep teasing it. They keep saying, and you saw someone named Virginia Jeffrey? Or, oh, and you remember someone named Virginia and he tells the story of meeting Virginia for the first time. He drove 
uh, Ghislaine to check out the spa at Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. And as they're driving away, Ghislaine tells him to stop the car. Yeah. And they see this young blonde girl. He says maybe 14, 15. And she, you know, goes after her. And then later on, he sees her at the house. And that's Virginia. And that's how, um, you know, kind of Virginia's interactions with Ghislaine and, and Epstein and the years of her abuse begin. What I think is odd is the way that they kind of, it's like they're teasing this story to the jury in this very weird way where I wish they would just say like, okay, maybe they're going to call her to the stand. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they won't. I don't, I don't think they are. Yeah, I know. But then it's this sort of like incomplete sort of reference that I don't know exactly how I feel about it. I think it's a bit odd. Uh, Well, I I don't know. I I mean, there's also like, they were still on victim one too. So there's sort of a lot of time for this to also, you know, be brought up a lot more. So the black book also made an appearance today. Yes. Or not. Yes. It's, it's another half in half out. (laughs) Exactly. Well, the thing is, so the thing is, I think this is sort of tricky legally and I'm actually not entirely sure what the idea behind using it is. Um, But Jeffrey Epstein's famous black book was physically in attendance today. Yes. One version of it. Yes. Because that's something else we found out is that not only, well, we sort of knew this already, but it was made it clear by Alessi is that there were, of course, many iterations of the Black Book. Yes. But they were placed by every telephone in the house. Yes. There was maybe like six copies of the Black Book in the house at any given time. Exactly. And they were (laughs) updated and reprinted about every six months. Yes. So the Black Book that was present today is actually from, again, like a few years after Alessi stopped working there. Yes. Um, it was, there was a really funny moment where, um, Maureen Comey was like, about what time do you think this could be from? And he's like, flip back through it. And he's like, well, it says here, 2004 to 2005. And then it was like objection and thrown out. Yeah. 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 It was very funny. Um, but, uh, but there is a lot of, um, pushback from the defense about including this in as evidence because, well, a, a lot of you know, big names are in there, but that might not want their names bandied about in a federal trial. But B, uh, the chain of custody on this piece of evidence, because remember, this was taken from Epstein's. Well, actually, no, it wasn't. It was taken from Epstein's house by uh, a guy that actually replaced Juan Alessi. Uh, and then he tried to sell it and then was basically busted in a sting operation. The police have it from that. He actually did more time in jail than Epstein did uh, for, ha- and for having stolen the black book. But uh, they, are, they are making a lot of sort of hay about like, well, you don't actually know where this book has been, right? I think the defense even said someone could have taken it to Kinko's, put, put in a bunch of new pages in it and shredded some others and then rebound it, right? He's like, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah, I guess it's technically true, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a very sort of funny moment too, when there was a really long sidebar, a lot of those today. And Juan Alessi is just sitting up there in his reading glasses, sort of hunched over, just like casually flipping through the black book. Yeah, it was very cute. But I, yeah, I don't expect the black book fight to be over with today either. No, it seems like it's going to go on for some time. Yeah. The day ended with kind of like a big uh, fireworks display in testimony. Um, it was so funny because everyone was kind of drifting out a little bit and was like, all right, we've been like, you're going through these pages and saying, yes, no, I recognize my handwriting. Yes, yeah. no, I recognize this. And you're like, you know, Marine Comey is being so short with this lovely man, but he's like kind of being a little frustrating. Let's be real. And then suddenly we get to... Sex toy talk. I knew, th- and I knew this was coming too. Yes, I knew this was coming because they set it up. Yes, um, and actually, I expected a piece of evidence to be entered that was not entered. I do think it's going to be entered once they get the FBI up there. Yeah. Oh, because those are the guys that collected yeah, it. Yeah, and there's because there's a few pieces that were actually mentioned today. Which yes, um, yes, the uh, the 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 prosecution was asking Alessi basically what his duties were after cleaning or after the massages were given, and it became very apparent they they actually frustratingly had to ask the question kind of over and over because there kept being some very strong objections from the defense's side, uh, really just like kind of 
delaying getting it out there. Um, but uh, basically, what his his duties were after Epstein had been given a massage, and so he said, "Oh, you go in there and pick up towels and you know pick up oils." He called them exotic oils. Um, and there was uh, she had to Comey sort of had to narrow the question a little bit and be like, "Was there ever anything in there that you were surprised to see or didn't see very often?" And uh, well, frankly, he mentioned a dildo. Yeah, he says it looked like a huge man's penis. He said penis. Yeah, that's how you pronounced it, penis. And he said it had two heads. Yes, and he would go put the dildo in Miss Maxwell's closet, which actually is like very... um, Yeah, so wait, after he cleaned it, he says, I put my gloves on and put it under water, and then I put it in the basket in Miss Maxwell's closet. Then they say, why did you put it in there? He says, because over time, that's where it became, it became known that that's where it belonged. And then they asked what else was in that basket. Yes. Which, okay, I got very frustrated here because he said porno tapes in there. And there was also a black or red vinyl latex sort of like costume. Uh, And then he pronounced costume, like he obviously said costume, but he pronounced it, you know, like, you know, he had an accent. And Comey like jumps in there and she's like, you mean costume? And he says, yes. And then she moves on. Like, he was still listing things. And she moved on from it right then. I know. Um, it's like, let us know what's in the basket, bitch. Exactly. But it's pretty She's important. so annoying. I know. But it's pretty important, I feel like, to the case because, uh, you know, it that shows that obviously, like, you know, the linkage between Maxwell's bathroom, Epstein's bedroom, Epstein's bathroom. But also, like, you know, these were being, this was being put back specifically into Maxwell's room. Mm. And so, or into her bathroom. And uh, I think they're, they're doing a pretty good job of, like, drawing, like, yeah, that's like, look, these things are connected. Like, these massages, even if she's not there, like, they're using her stuff. And it's like, she's part of this sort of machinery. Yeah, like, it was hers. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I got to say that everyone in the room perked up when this happened and tip 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 we're like well there's no one's typing because there's no electronics but everyone was scribbling like furiously and so excited and like grins on their faces Mm -hmm. and there was some like british jackass in there who said something like oh i knew oh now i just was gonna get to the end of this story oops i got a spoiler here well this jackass as we were leaving he was like, oh, I knew they were going to like dump on him. I knew they were going to get on, like, get him on something. Talking about Alessi. And it was because of the like kind of sad personal story that he mentioned at the end. Yes. I'd, are you talking about the guy in the, the glasses? With the like tech vest? Yeah. You yeah. know, that's Ghislaine's friend, right? No, not that guy. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. no. The like British journalist. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think it might one. be BBC, but I'm not sure. Um. Well, anyways, we, uh, so we do... We do have a little sad ending to this. Well, it was mostly sad because of the way that Juan was acting, but I had actually totally forgotten this part of the story. Yeah. Um, you know, Juan talks about how he, he stopped working there in 2002, and then he was asked by Maureen Comey um, if he ever came back to the house after that. And he was silent for a really long time. Yeah, like he was embarrassed to talk about it. Well, at first I thought the audio cut out because it was like, this wasn't like a couple beats and then like he started talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like 15 seconds of silence. Yeah. And then he says yes. And he says that he basically says he broke into Epstein's house in 2004 and he took $6,300 in cash. Mm Mm-hmm. That he had that he had in an envelope from Epstein's desk and like snuck out, and he was like really sad about this. And he tried to explain. He said, "You know, this is a really hard time in my life. I was sick, and I had a relationship with someone mm-hmm. that wasn't romantic, but I was unfaithful." He was explaining this whole situation, and that his wife. And his family kicked him out of the house, and he was desperate. And yeah. he didn't know what to do. And so he went and broke into Epstein's house and stole a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he said that Epstein called him after this happened and arranged a meeting. And he showed him a picture of Juan inside the house. 
yes. from the night of the break-in, which to me, I said, so Epstein's got cameras in the house. Well, yeah, but it's also like, Alessi, you know this man has cameras in his house. Well, look, he was a desperate man. Yeah. Now, at that point, he says that uh, Epstein like talked about his mother, and he said he kind of like had it in this way where he felt... I think there was a couple of things. I think he was embarrassed about the break-in yes. and about what happened. But also, it seemed like he almost was like thankful for the way Epstein approached this entire situation because yeah. no charges were pressed. Epstein told him, okay, we're going to treat it as a loan. And uh, Juan like very proudly said, I have the receipt. I sent him a cashier's check, $6,300. I paid him back, blah, blah, blah. Like he was very proud of that fact. And so it seemed like he was almost embarrassed to kind of have to tell this story that humanized Epstein a little bit. Yeah. In addition to the personal embarrassment he had of, you know, at that point in his life being in this desperate situation. I have a couple theories of what was going on, but. Yeah. Well, I, I can't, I don't want to speculate too much on the man's life there, but yeah, it was interesting that he said it was uh, not romantic. So I, I'm assuming an emotional affair. Yeah. Liz thinks otherwise. I think it was a sugar daddy thing. Yeah. Well, but, you know, if you got those kind of things, you got to, you know. Those can't, you know, that doesn't, that could be emotional too. But, but the summer, summary of that is really like, you know, learn from Juan. Never give a, never give a dime to a woman. Well, we're going to hear more from him tomorrow because uh, the cross-examination of Juan and then the redirect is going to take some time. Yeah, yeah. And I think definitely. that the defense has a lot of questions and a lot of details they want to hammer yeah, Alessia. yeah. I mean, Ghislaine needs her revenge too, right? You know, oh this guy gosh. got her his time up on the stand being, uh, you know, being able to tell off his old boss. Yeah. And she can get her lawyers to needle him to fucking oblivion. Well, we will definitely be there to witness it all. I'm Liz. My name is Brace. We are, of course, joined by producer Young Chomsky, who is about to be put away for the rest of his life in federal prison for producing this podcast, <laughs> which is called True Anon. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.